0: I got started in design by winning coloring book contests as a child. I loved drawing as a kid, but I think, like, if I'm going to be fully honest, it's the fact that I got so much praise for being good at drawing that probably pushed me towards a career in the arts. I remember winning my first coloring contest when I was in kindergarten, and I was just, like, so proud of myself. (laughs) And was like, clearly I'm great at art. This is what I should do forever. And one of the things that I struggle with in life, which is it serves me really amazingly, but also can be really detrimental, is that I have a really hard time unmaking decisions. So like once I make a decision, it's like this huge crisis if I ever have to walk it back. And the thing that's really great about it is I'm super decisive, and I very rarely regret decisions that I make. I'm like a J on the Myers-Briggs in a huge way. (laughs) But I could totally, if I wanna look back and be like analyzing myself at a young age, I think I made the decision to be an artist before I knew anything about being an artist. And it was like, I just have never unmade that decision.
1: Jessica Hish describes herself as a lettering artist, author, illustrator, letterpress printer, and type designer, but also a mother, procrastinator, and a million other things. She has worked with many well recognized brands, authors, and other designers on a multitude of different kinds of projects. In this episode, we talk about her new book, "Tomorrow I'll Be Brave," and the downside of labels.
0: I I think it's like we all love to put labels on everything, including ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, we all sort of think about the couple of titles that we have. Like, if you think about people's Twitter bios or whatever, it's always like, you know, designer, dad, Christian, or, you know, whatever it is. There's always like a few descriptors that, mm-hmm. whatever it is, that are most important to that person. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I think it'd be difficult to distill anything down to like one descriptor. Yeah. But I definitely have been feeling more comfortable with the term artist recently versus designer. And I think it's like, Designer does not describe what I do at all. Like, you know, I'm not a graphic designer anymore. And lettering is much more similar to illustration. And I could say letterer, but it's like a mouthful and it sucks. And it also isn't, I don't think that it really fully describes everything that I do. So right. I'm like leaning more into being an artist versus being a very specific design-related title.
1: Yeah, I mean, what I find really interesting is is going back a little bit to that sense of static self Using a word like artist and saying okay, I can I'm comfortable with that, but also this constant push against it and inventing words even as a way to kind of get out of the idea of labeling like you know procrastinator for example.
0: Yeah, what's interesting about like the word artist though is it's so broad. Mm -hmm. Like because I think like if you think about when you first start in a career, you think about a really broad term. You're like I'm going to be a musician or whatever, but the word musician does not give any insight into what kind of music you are into, what kind of instrument you play, whatever. Mm-hmm. And like the further along you get in your career, the more specific the descriptor gets. Right. So soon you're like a violinist or whatever, and then people know what kind of music that you're into if you're a classical violinist or a or whatever. Uh, and I think to me the descriptions kept getting more and more specific and the work kept getting more and more specific. Like, you know, lettering artists even, I think, painted me into a corner in terms of what kind of work I wanted to do and accept. And so I'm actually now happier to take on a broader title that gives me more leeway to sort of pick and choose the things that I want to do in the moment instead of, like, feeling everything I do has to fall within a really narrow category.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's something I think that certainly, um, I think design... And not to go back to the word design, but as a category, if you think about any firm that's trying to sort of describe itself to the world, and and to what end? Well, usually it's because you're trying to find someone who's interested in what you're doing, so hopefully they can hire you to do what you're
0: doing. Exactly. I think like client services makes us be very specific about how we describe ourselves, because you need people to be able to find you. Mm -hmm. And it's only when you're starting to get into this world where you're like 50-50 doing things on your own accord versus Mm -hmm. client stuff, where you start to be like, maybe I can play around with who I am to these people and that I don't just have to be what I need people to come to me for.
1: And when you say 50-50, you mean more things that are self-initiated? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Like if you're starting your own company or if you're doing a lot of self-authored work, you know, then like the title doesn't matter as much because the title really matters when it comes to getting clients Mm -hmm. because like, if you're thinking about recommending someone for a job and you don't and like they have the title artist, I mean, what are you going to recommend them for? Like right. you know, you don't really think of it. other than there being like some like weird event thing where you're like, oh, we have we need like a pop-up. Thing, just do whatever, you know? That's more on the artist side of the spectrum. But I actually don't like that kind of client work. Like, I I don't like open ended projects. I think Debbie Millman just posted like a Michael Beirut quote recently about how it's like least favorite kind of work is open ended work. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely true for me, too. If a client comes to me and says, like, we want you to do whatever you want and you can take as much time as you need, I'm like, nope, sorry. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I tend to have like a really diverse array of things that I'm doing and interested in that. Tick off different boxes for me. You know, like I couldn't only do hyper nerdy focused typographic stuff all the time without having any ideation or big idea stuff. And I couldn't do big idea stuff all the time without having just like production time, you know. So I think having like, you know, my personal life and professional life be this weird mix Mm -hmm. of like me being a loosey goosey jokester human while also doing really fine-tuned work. I don't know. I think it's just a – it shows, like, that everybody has a spectrum of who they are and what they do. Yeah. Tell me
1: about your new children's book. It's called Tomorrow I'll Be Brave. It seems to be organized around a set of words, or it is organized around a set of words, uh, but you've illustrated them, and it feels like these words are important ideas for children to understand. Where did it come from?
0: Well, it came from a bunch of stuff. So I – I sort of like forgot how hard I was on myself as a kid. You know, how like I never, my parents never had to yell at me. You know, like they just never had to correct me because even if they tried to correct me in the most gentle way, I would totally break down and lose it because I just needed approval and validation constantly. And I struggle with that professionally because I feel like I can like live on my own hype fumes for a certain amount of time and then I just need like tons of external validation. But, I think this like this idea of failure as being a positive is something that is talked about a lot within the design community but it's not talked a lot to kids. Right. You know that like you you yeah, of course you're going to fail. You get out there and you do stuff and you try stuff and trying's great and who cares? Whatever. You have tomorrow to do it again. And with this book, like I really wanted to figure out a way to sort of introduce this idea of like forgiving yourself for not meeting your own expectations, but that doesn't mean that you need to like throw away the work that you've done so far or totally give up on it because like the the clearest visual example of this to me is like i don't have any sketchbooks from when i was in middle school or high school because i would start them and if i made a bad drawing like quote unquote bad yeah. i would throw them away cuz i like couldn't live with this like bad art among all my other pieces or i would cut out my good art and like put in a folder that got lost or whatever right. and this idea that like we can't accept the failures or the flaws in ourselves as like stepping stones to achieving things and getting better. And, you know, this idea of evaluating yourself against yourself, not against others, is something that I really want to push for little kids. Because I think that like competition can be really healthy for some people and it can be really unhealthy for others. And this idea of like not looking outward to try to achieve, just looking inward to like see your own personal growth rather than like your growth compared to all the people around you is like really really important to me and especially important to like teaching it to my kids.
1: This episode of First Things First is brought to you by Copywell. Copywell is Canada's fastest-growing book printer, producing short and long-run orders using the latest technology in digital inkjet as well as conventional offset printing. Their online ordering system makes it easy to stay up-to-date with production processes. Learn more at copywell.com and get a quote for your next print job. Is there any particular word or words that stand out for you?
0: It's. I feel like brave is a really interesting, uh, you know, attribute to want to achieve because it's kind of a combination of a few things. Like, the the book starts off with talking about being adventurous. I feel like being brave and being adventurous are totally cousins with each other, right? right? Because in order to be adventurous, you must be brave. You know, in order to be brave, you must be strong. You know, there are these all sort of work together. And I think, like, the way that I ended up culling down the words. I wanted things that related to each other and fed on each other, but also could stand alone as like things to aspire to. And I think like it's, it's just sort of important that like, like it's not this endless march up, you know, it's just this daily, what am I capable of today? What am I going to try to do? Did Was I better yesterday? Can I be better tomorrow? This like repetitive check-in with yourself.
1: Right. And so bravery then we sort of moved a bit a wave in a wave from bravery. But I mean, that's clearly a part of that, right? Yeah, definitely.
0: I mean, like my daughter uses the word brave like all the time for like every activity. Like she'll be like when I drop her off at school, I'm like, oh, are you going to have fun at school today? And she'll go, yes, I'm going to be brave, which is really just her saying I'm not going to have a meltdown when you leave. I think like brave to me is almost like I can achieve things on my own. You know, like it's this sort of self-directed, self-confidence thing, you know, that a lot of the other words don't embody as much.
1: And then what about the word curiosity? Because that's another one for me that I find fundamentally important to creativity. Paired with bravery, as you say, paired with all these other words. But for you, the word curiosity, why is that important for a child?
0: Well, I think that, like, curious is so important just because I think that kids learn over time that learning is a mandatory activity and not a fun activity. And I think there's something about the word learn that is, feels very different than the word curious because curiosity breeds learning. If you're curious about something, it's almost impossible not to follow it down the rabbit hole and like figure stuff out. We all as adults like end up on these like Wikipedia long things where we just start like finding out about conquerors from different times or whatever just because you start following links. And that's all tied into curiosity fuels learning you know, like without being curious, you don't go beyond your immediate surroundings. You don't get yourself into positions where you get to grow and learn. And I think that it's it's important for social development. It's important for, you know, just actual learning capacity and mental development. I think yeah. it's like kind of at the core of it. Your life shifts a lot and you need to be adaptable and you need to not be afraid of the change. And you also need to understand that like everything's a phase, which is like the parenting mantra, number one. All the hustle that you do does not have to be between the ages of 22 and 27. You know, like, it is a slow burn. It is something where knowledge and all these things that you acquire over time feed into your ability to create better work. Like I'm so happy that I didn't try to make a children's book before now because I feel like it's so – it feels so like stupid and like, oh, my dreams or whatever when I talk about it. But I feel like this book is like a culmination of all the things that I have been doing for the last 10 years distilled into one project – Like, I would not have been able to make this project in the same way five years ago. You know, I I had to wait for the right moment for it, for, like, all those things that I care about and that I have developed and that I have worked on to come together to be this thing that's more than just a one-dimensional project. To me, the reason why I really love kids' books is because they are so distilled. Mm -hmm. You know, it's such an exercise in editing and such an exercise in, like, seeing how language— manipulated even the tiniest bit completely changes the meaning of something. And to me, like, especially these kids' books read in, like, you know, five minutes or something like that, it feels somehow linked to me, like, that one moment in your day when, like, You were having a shitty day and like some random person was like, oh, I like your shoes or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, thank you. Like you didn't have to say that. And then it takes all that weight off of you that like was just hanging out like that cloud that was around you and allows you to like move on with your day and like do the things that you can do without all that weight. And so like I really like doing work that helps to serve that purpose. You know, that is that sort of like small goodness that then helps people do the bigger thing that they would have done. Like, I don't think of my work as being like big work, but I do believe that small things can make a really big difference to other people if they can become, you know, a part of their day or life.
1: To learn more about Jessica, visit her website at jessicahish.is and her Instagram at jessicahish. First Things First is produced by Max Cotter. Frontier Media is a part of Frontier, a design office based in Toronto, Canada. We believe that design is more than visual. It's a process of exploration, discovery, sketching, prototyping, iteration, and refinement. That process can help create a better world. Our mission is to help others understand how that goal can be accomplished. To do this, we use design to create better and more purposeful products... We publish a magazine and produce this podcast to explore and celebrate the risks people take in the process of creating things that are original and worthwhile. And we work with clients to help them define their purpose and tell their story. To learn more, visit www.frontier.is. First Things First is recorded in Toronto and Vancouver at the Design Thinkers Conference, organized by our founding partners at RGD, the Association of Registered Graphic Designers, who represent over 3,800 design practitioners, including firm owners, freelancers, managers, educators, and students. Through RGD, Canadian designers exchange ideas, educate and inspire, set professional standards, and build a strong, supportive community dedicated to advocating for the value of design.